0: Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Good morning. Uh, My name's Tim. I'm one of the elders here at Liberty Family Church, and it's my joy to bring you the word this morning. But before I do... I would just like to acknowledge and publicly acknowledge and appreciate all that Joel has done over the last month or so. The transition of the church from our normal gathering community to one that is online has been quite dramatic. It's been a huge amount of work, a huge amount of effort has gone into it. And Joel has been the creative force, he's been the driving force, and he's been the hands and feet actually putting it all together. So I just wanted to publicly acknowledge that and thank him for his work, for his diligence, for his professionalism, uh, and his desire to see the church flourish even through these tough times. So I would encourage you, if you have the opportunity, Send Joel a note. Send him an email. Even write him a card. Yeah, go old school. The post office is still delivering mail. Uh, just to let you let him know how much you appreciate all that he is doing for us as a church. So will you join me within join me in that? Thank you. So let's now move on to the message that I believe God has prepared uh, me to deliver today. The Liberty kids have recently been looking at the upside down nature of being a Christian. It can often be very different living as a Christian to what we would normally expect in our world. For example, putting others' needs ahead of our own. Well, I think it's fair to say much of the world has been turned upside down by the virus. For example, who would ever have thought the government would be telling students, don't come to school? Are you serious? Uh, Really? Don't come to school. When I was going to school, I knew I would be in serious trouble from parents, from teachers and from the government if I didn't go to school. Now they tell students, don't go. It sure has turned upside down. With the world in such turmoil, it can create confusion and sometimes fear. Some people have started worrying about the future and what that might look like. I have been asked uh, a number of times now by some different people whether we're in the last days whether we are witnessing the end times before our eyes? Have the four horsemen of the apocalypse ridden forth? Are the first four sealed judgments as spoken of in Revelation chapter 6 occurring before our eyes? The Bible does talk a lot about these matters so we can be aware of what might be happening and what might yet happen but also to have confidence that God knows exactly what's going on and what is best for us. I'm also aware that various commentaries have sprung up around this topic, which I think have simply contributed to further confusion and anxiety. I'll not address them per se, but rather focus on some of what Jesus had to say in light of current events. So let's pray as we open the word together. Dear Lord, I, I thank you for today and I thank you for this message that you've placed in my heart and I pray, Lord, that you speak through me, that the message that is received is the message that you wish delivered. And I pray, Lord, that the message is received with open hearts and open minds, with eyes to see what is truly happening in the world and is to hear what you are saying about those matters. So Lord, I pray that you guide me in this message, that you guide the hearers in this message, so that we can all understand better what you are saying to the world today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to start by reading a a passage out of Matthew's Gospel that I believe has relevance to these troubled times. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come really is worthwhile reading the whole chapter to see what Jesus is foreshadowing here to his disciples and to us today. However, clearly we don't have time to do that now, so your homework for the week is to read all of Matthew chapter 24 and see where this message fits into relation to everything that Jesus said. But let's have a look again at a couple of those verses, back in Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It's fair to say there is a fair bit of those indicators, either having occurred in recent times or are indeed occurring right now. Let's have a look at them. Wars and rumours of wars. The 20th century was, without doubt, the most war-ravaged century in the history of mankind. Today, conflict exists in many regions around the world and while we may not have had a war on the scale of the Second World War for the past 75 years yet I certainly sense it would not take too much for it all to blow up into another massive conflict. Unfortunately, man's heart has still not changed and, by and large, remains self-seeking and increasingly arrogant. What about famines? I'm sure we've all seen heartbreaking images of victims of famines. Some of these have been due to internal conflict, Some due to greed and a lack of distribution of the available wealth and resources. Some have been due to changing weather patterns. And despite the world producing more food than it can consume, famines certainly still exist. And then there are earthquakes. With all the technology available to our global news services we're made aware of major earthquakes almost as soon as they occur. I'm sure you remember the Haiti earthquake of 2010 and the devastation it caused. What about the 2004 Boxing Day tsunami, which was triggered by an underwater earthquake off the coast of Sumatra in the Indian Ocean? And then there are pestilences, and this is, of course, where we are today and what has clearly prompted the questions I've been asked about end times. Webster's Dictionary defines pestilence as a contagious or infectious epidemic disease that is virulent and devastating. Hmm, That sounds like COVID-19 fits the definition. It is certainly infectious and contagious and I won't try to explain the difference. I'll leave that to Dr Peter. However, based on what I read in the dictionary, it is both. It is an epidemic that is now spread around the world and therefore described as a pandemic. It is quite virulent as evidenced by the number of deaths that are occurring around the world its impact has been and will continue to be for some time yet quite devastating. Put all that together and we can say with great confidence that COVID-19 is an example of pestilence as referred to in Matthew 24. So does that mean we are now in the last days that Jesus was referring to? Maybe, but not necessarily. COVID-19 is not the first pestilence to wreak havoc around the world. Here are but two brief examples from history. There was the great bubonic plague, otherwise known as the Black Death, that began in mid-14th century China and carried to Europe along the Silk Road trading route. In all, an estimated 100 to possibly 200 million people died across Europe and Asia during the 300 years that it lasted. Try and get your head around those numbers. 100 to 200 million deaths over a pandemic that lasted 300 years. It remains the most devastating pandemic in human history. More recently, of course, there was the Spanish flu pandemic at the end of the First World War. It is believed to have infected some 500 million people, which was around a quarter of the world's population at that time. And it is estimated that at least 17 million people died although other estimates do put the death toll much higher than that. Interestingly, the World Health Organisation estimates the current global annual death toll every year currently from influenza, from the flu, to range from 250 to 500,000 deaths. They're huge numbers. They're huge numbers. So what we're seeing with COVID-19 is actually nothing new. What has changed is the far better response to these pandemics, having learned the lessons of history. Spanish philosopher George Santayana would be pleased to hear that. He is well known for his quote, which I paraphrase. Unless we learn the lessons of history we are condemned to repeat them. Our medical knowledge is a far cry from that of the Middle Ages in Europe and from the early 20th century. Pestilence has been a part of human existence existence throughout history since the fall and COVID-19 is but the latest. They are perhaps more prevalent now due to the breadth and speed of international travel and commerce which provides the vehicles to transmit such viruses across the globe pestilence is yet another example of the fallen world in which we live as the apostle paul says in his letter to the roman church in romans 8:22 we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Now, remembering that was written in the first century, it certainly applies to us today. So therefore, we have wars, we have famines, we have earthquakes, and we have pestilences. Does that mean we are at the end of days? Again, maybe. But then again, there are some other factors to consider. Let's have a look again at Matthew 24, verse 14. Jesus speaking. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, it looks like here Jesus is saying that the end of days will not come until the gospel is preached to all nations. Now, you may wonder if this has occurred yet. I've recently enjoyed reading al Kakuma's book, Adventures in the Rota Wind, From the Office to the Jungle. And what a great read it is. Loved it. Loved it. Not long before we had to close the doors of the church due to the virus, Alka and husband Hans joined us one Sunday morning. They live in Healesville and wanted to check out a more local church than the one they've been attending since they got back from Papua. Rose was talking with Alka, who mentioned she had written a book of their experiences in Papua, And Rose knew I would enjoy reading it, given my experience of going to Papua New Guinea a few times and how right she was. Looking at this first map, Papua, formerly known as Irian Jaya, is the western half of the island of New Guinea, which of course lies just to the north of Australia. It is controlled by Indonesia and is every bit as isolated and rugged a country as Papua New Guinea, which is the eastern half of the island. And looking at the second map, they were based at a little place called Wamina, which is in the square you can hopefully see on the map. It's right up there in the highlands, And the only way in and out was by air. Now, here's a tip for parents. Sometime today, grab your atlas or your Google Maps in this modern age and show your children where Papua is. Look up some of the information about the country. See if you can find Wamina. Check out some photos. Get a sense of how wild and rugged the country is actually is because Elka and Hans were there as a part of heli mission providing support to the helicopters that support the missionaries literally in the jungle. Helicopter is often the only way in or out for these missionaries and their purpose is to reach the unreached and there are still unreached people groups in that part of the world. Hence, the mission continues. The point is, there are still people groups in the world who have never heard or not had the opportunity to hear the gospel. On that basis, I don't believe we are at the end of days yet. Because Jesus said this must occur before the end comes. How close are we? Wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't have a clue. As I usually say when asked that type of question, we're one day closer today than we were yesterday. How then do we make sense of what's happening in the world? I do believe we are moving closer to the end times as scriptural prophecies are fulfilled. One clear example of that has been the re-establishment of the nation of Israel as prophesied in, for example, the Old Testament books of Ezekiel and Zechariah, among others, which foreshadow the return of Israel at the end of the exile to Babylon and also of the end time returns, return of Israel to the promised land and to God. So we're getting closer, but I don't believe we are there quite yet. As we are shaken from our comfort and complacency in our safe, secure and yes, wealthy Australian environment by this virus, we are reminded that God is, always has been and always will be in control. These events have not taken him by surprise, causing him to scramble to come up with some plan B. Jesus told us, as noted in John's Gospel, what to expect. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us plainly, we will experience trouble. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because he, Jesus, has actually overcome the world. Now that's great news. That is great news. If you're in Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have declared Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you have absolutely nothing to fear. Nothing. Jesus has overcome the world which we looked at earlier, is a world that is groaning under the burden of sin, of which this pestilence is but a symptom. Look to Jesus in these times of trouble, indeed, at all times. Focus on all the love, joy and peace that is found in him. Worship him for who he is, our creator God, who has saved us, and offers to all who will believe in him from sin and death. If you find you're getting depressed from all the bad news that the media is dishing up relentlessly, turn it off. Just turn it off. This is a scripture that I commend everyone to memorise. From Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, Verses 4 to 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present yourselves to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's right. Rejoice. Rejoice. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, you are an adopted child of God. Surely that is reason enough to rejoice. Focus on the good that is occurring in the world. And there is a lot of good occurring in the world. Be an encourager. Always be ready with a smile and a friendly word. Shine the light of the love of God into our darkening world. And yes, it is darkening. Remember, a light shines brighter in the darkness. Be the beacon of hope in these troubling times that just might help someone find the love of Jesus that everyone desperately needs. Let's follow the lead of our Liberty Kids and look to meet the needs of those around us. Let's all be a positive influence in our world. And guess what? You'll also feel better for it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I, I thank you for your word, which is solid, which is sure, which is true. It is the true foundation on which we can trust. So Lord, I pray that you help us all to read your word, to dig deeper, to grow deeper in you, to discover more of the joy and the love and the peace that is found in you. So Father, I pray that you bless all who hear this message or see this message. I pray, Lord, for great fruit to come through this time of turbulence. I pray, Lord, for your love to shine forth into this darkening world and draw all to you, into your kingdom. And Lord, we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.